Hey friends, if you're listening to this episode in the spring of 2023, I want you to know that I'm offering an online solstice celebration practice this year, and it's open to everyone, and it could potentially be done from your bed. I hope you'll consider joining us. The link to register and for more information is in the show notes. Hello friends, and welcome back to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher, and I specialize in working online with people who think they are too tired, too busy, too anxious, or in too much pain to do yoga. I use the traditional tools of yoga along with modern technology to help you create a more easeful and joyful life by helping you remember your connection to your mind, body, and spirit. If that sparks your interest, head on over to my website and grab the free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr, and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water, and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. In today's episode, I share a story from my own life about the importance of the sympathetic nervous system for getting things done, and how I, as a person whose sympathetic nervous system tends to always be revving in the background, use tools and practices to harness that energy without being overtaken by it. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more joy and ease into your life. Let's get to it. You've probably noticed that I talk a lot about engaging the relaxation response, also known as the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, or the rest and digest branch. It's also the basis of the work that I do in my homecoming membership, as well as any yoga classes that I teach. And there's good reason for that. We have quite an epidemic of anxiety and chronic pain in modern culture, and both of these conditions are exacerbated, if if not actually caused, by the way society has us perpetually in the sympathetic response. That's the fight, flight, freeze, or stress response. The sympathetic branch of the nervous system is ramped up by the hustle mentality the emphasis on working to be, quote, the best, individualism, and burning the midnight oil. The news we consume is meant to frighten and disconnect us. The ads we see are created to make us feel inadequate and scared. When we spend most of our time in sympathetic activation, we are more likely to feel scared, reactive, and disconnected from others, 
we are more likely to buy things we don't need in order to comfort ourselves. But here's the thing. The sympathetic branch of the nervous system is actually super important too. The reason I don't emphasize it as much in my work is because that is what most of us are doing all day long in our lives. Hanging out in that sympathetic response turned way up and the parasympathetic turned way down, hustling, worrying, stewing, you get the idea. But today, I want to write a little love note to the sympathetic branch of my nervous system for how it supports me. And I want to share with you ideas for how you can support and appreciate your sympathetic branch. So a couple of weeks ago, I had the amazing opportunity to teach a section of the Yoga Therapy for Healthy Aging module for my yoga therapy college, Agnya. And this is the program that I graduated from, and it's based out of Victoria, B.C., I was able to teach from the comfort of my own home, so no travel was involved, but even still, my sympathetic nervous system was activated. I'm still very new to teaching other yoga teachers, so there's always some anxiety involved in the prep work and the presentation. But this is where I harness the power of my sympathetic nervous system. When I'm prepping to teach, my sympathetic nervous system helps me be focused and passionate about the topic. I can work long hours when I'm preparing because my adrenaline is pumping. I'm excited and energized and the ideas flow fast and furious and I'm able to keep up. And then when it comes to the actual teaching, the same is true. My mind is sharp and ready to problem solve. I'm hyper-focused and able to tune out distractions. I'm excited and running on adrenaline. And I'll be honest, sometimes I talk a little too quickly and have to remind myself to slow down. For me, teaching teachers is an opportunity to distinguish between anxiety and excitement. They feel very similar, but my reactions to them are different. On a side note, I've got a whole podcast episode about distinguishing between anxiety and excitement, and I'll link to that in the show notes. If I was spending all of my life, all of my time with my parasympathetic nervous system turned up, I wouldn't have the get up and go to plan, present, or even accept a teaching offer like this. I'm so grateful to the part of my nervous system that helps me feel energized and excited. But because I am a person like so many of us that can tend towards sympathetic nervous system overactivation, also known as anxiety, I have to be extra careful about how I nourish and care for my sympathetic nervous system before, during, 
and after these big pushes. I want to share with you the tips I've learned to keep my nervous system regulated when I'm purposefully riding the wave of sympathetic response. But keep in mind that the things that keep you balanced and regulated might be different than the things that do that for me. As much as possible, when I'm planning and presenting, I try to stick to my usual routine. I try to wake up and go to sleep at my regular times, eat regular meals, and do the practices that nourish my spirit. It can be tempting to let things to let these things go in favor of having more time to work on my project, but that never serves me. When I'm in planning mode, I make sure that I've scheduled plenty of blank space into my calendar. I might not use it all for planning, but it creates a sense of ease in me if I know that I've put aside enough time. Usually this means I have to do a little extra work the week before, and that's okay. The other thing I use that blank space for is taking walks and sitting outside relaxing. For me, my brain works best when I give it plenty of time to daydream, so I make sure that I always have time for those activities. My best ideas almost always come when I'm out walking with my pup. In the days leading up to the actual teaching, I make rest and sleep top priorities. It would be easy to fall into the habit of working late into the evening, trying to perfect my plan, but that would make it harder for me to fall and stay asleep. It doesn't matter how great my presentation is. If I'm not well rested, it's going to come out confused and choppy, and I'm going to be really anxious. I also prioritize yoga nidra or relaxation, guided relaxation practice in the afternoon. I literally get on my get my PJs on and I lie in bed and I listen to a recorded guided relaxation allowing myself to fall asleep if that's what needed, if that's what's needed. An afternoon nap for me does wonders and it helps me fall asleep more easily at night. Which brings me to caffeine. I drink black tea every day, but it's also a trigger for amping up my sympathetic nervous system response. So the day that I teach and a few days before, I start to lower my caffeine intake so that I'm not overly activated. As I As I get more anxious about the presentation, I become more sensitive to caffeine. The only thing worse than me being tired and slow in my presentation would be me being overly energized and anxious. And while I'm talking about caffeine, I'll just say a brief thing about food. When the sympathetic nervous system is turned up, that fight, flight, freeze response, Digestion is deprioritized. So that means it's even more important than usual to eat nourishing, 
easy to digest foods that I know won't cause me heartburn. These foods will be unique to you, but I bet you know just what they are. Nourishing my nervous system after the presentation is just as important. So take a moment, think about a time when you were really anxious about something. Maybe it was a performance or a presentation or travel. And remember how you felt afterwards. Yes, there was probably a huge feeling of relief and also maybe a feeling of letdown. And your body was still full of adrenaline, but now the quote threat had passed. If you've got a dog, you know how they let go of that extra buildup. They give a good full body shake. And you could try that too. For me, I work on physically releasing the built up tension and energy and adrenaline with a walk or a hike and some extra body tapping. So it's when I tap my body with my hands. I follow all of the same nervous system nourishing activities I mentioned earlier, but I double down on rest and I cut out anything that is depleting or draining for me, even if that means I might disappoint people. For me, my number one priority after mindfully engaging my sympathetic nervous system is rest and resetting back to my more chill baseline. Now, will I need to be this meticulous every time I teach for Agnya? No. Just like anything else, the more I do it, the more comfortable I will get doing it. But I never want to be so comfortable that I go in unprepared, thinking I'll just speak off the cuff about what I know. I witnessed that once in my previous profession. The group I worked with had a big book project book talking presentation to give to local educators. And one of my coworkers completely skipped the prep work, thinking she'd done it so many times in the past, she didn't even need to think about it. Oh boy. (laughs) Watching her sympathetic nervous system turn way up was stressful to my nervous system. She fumbled over words, she spoke too fast, and it didn't make a lot of sense. I like the edge my sympathetic nervous system gives me. I love how it helps me focus, prepare, and present. I just need to make sure that I have some control over the volume knob so that it doesn't completely take over. And I need to give myself that space afterwards to recover so that the throttle doesn't stay all the way open. And speaking of doing things that scare me, this week marks the one year anniversary of this podcast. When I first got the idea late or no, early last spring to do a podcast, I fought against it. I didn't think I had anything to say and I didn't think anyone would listen. And I was wrong on both accounts. If I've counted correctly, this is my 35th episode. And in 2023 alone, I've had over a thousand downloads and people are listening from all over the world, which really excites me. Hey friends, 
I chatted with some amazing guests and have received lovely feedback from listeners. And I say it at the end of every episode, and I really mean it. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got something you want to share with me, an aha moment you had while listening to the podcast, a suggestion, or even a correction, please send me an email. So I want to say happy birthday to swimming and singing. I want to thank you for listening. And as it turns out, I've got plenty to say and no plans to quit podcasting. So I'll see you next week.